When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to Season 5 of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and in the studio, back with me today after a long absence, Janelle Wheeler is here. Hey! I'm so happy to be here, even though it was very chaotic getting here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a chaotic kind of day. (laughs) Yes. Uh, As you can see, we, we gained one, we lost two, we have two at home today. Uh, Matthew Aguilar, he was a little bit under the weather. What's up, everybody? Yeah. And Connor Casey's with us again after a long absence, slightly AWOL, also at home. All right. What's up, guys? So, we have a lot to do today. As always, this is the show that does it all for geek culture. And, uh, well, I mean, it's kind of an interesting pause for us right now because our, our lives and jobs are about to get real hectic. We're about to get into the summer movie season, and... Uh, this is the one where Hollywood's kind of uh, blowing its load after all the COVID backstop. We're uh, finally getting a whole deluge of movies and TV shows. And you better enjoy it because it might be the last you get before this writer strike keeps oh. us dry and acrid for the next couple years. So enjoy this summer while you have it. But there's a lot to go through. So we are going to break down. Instead of like doing one of those boring, like, here's everything that's coming, we decided, let's talk about the stuff we're hyped for. I like to keep it loose sometimes. We don't have anything, like, really official. Our Guardians talk, we're all recovering from that and emotionally and stuff, or some of us have yet to experience it. <clears throat> so uh, let's just have a nice discussion about what we're excited for for the summer. In addition to our summer movie and TV preview this week, because I like to give you guys kind of the timestamp rundown. It's about 15 minutes Per segment, we're also going to get our official review of The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, the new highly anticipated Zelda game coming from to Nintendo Switch. We gave you guys a playthrough preview a couple weeks ago. Now we have the official review. Matt and Connor have some wrestling they have to talk about. There's big things happening over at AEW and some other places, I believe. So we have some wrestling we got to get to. We're going to talk about a new show and that also happens to be helping us put on this show, so we're going to talk about that. And we have some big comics news and big comic reviews for the week. Some important number ones and some news that just kind of dropped this morning that we got to get to. So, as I said, this is a show that does it all for geek culture, and that's the order we're going to do it in. Summer preview, Zelda, wrestling, new TV show, comics. We're, we've earned our check for going all over the place. Let's go. All right, so... Starting at the top, let's talk about what's going down this summer. Like I said, um, this is kind of an interesting summer because this is when we're getting out of the COVID backstop and finally getting that flood of projects that, you know, have been that were held back or just delayed. I mean, for years, (laughs) if it's not a sign, we're finally getting Mission Impossible 7 this summer. So that should tell you everything, right? Like, you know, Tom Cruise does not jump before it's time to jump, (laughs) quite literally. And so now... We're finally getting it. And that's a summer. This is a signal that, like, yeah, finally, summer movies are are, are back. 
Mario's out here making a billion. Guardians is well on its way. It looks like, even though it might still be, you know, I don't want to get into the minutia of all this, but even though it still looks like it might be a slight downturn in box office totals from pre-pandemic, we're starting to get back to those trends. So Feels good, man. Yeah, it does. Feel good. All right, that's it. Enough preamble. Let's talk about what we're actually excited to see. Um, Janelle, we haven't seen you in a while. I don't know if we can go out of order, right? Or did we have to go with the order in the rundown? I think we'll, we'll keep our we'll keep our producer yeah. sane and yeah. we'll just keep it to the rundown. <laughs> uh, so I'll start. Um, first things first, uh, I think we'll just go around and I guess we'll just each go give one. You guys want to do movies or TV first? Movies? Yeah, movies, I think, again, to keep our producers sane. <laughs> Let's just do movies first. So my whole strategy for this was... You know, I, I didn't just pick what I love because I don't think like that. I also had to be in direct competition with all of you right. and outthink all of you. Yeah. It's a versus thing, right? <laughs> it's not just picking our favorite summer movies and TV projects. It's a versus thing. Mm -hmm. So my thing was to try to predict the non-predictable that I know all of you guys, like people are out here just calling out Matt. They're like, I know Matt said X, Y, Z, 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 four. I know. Like, and it's just like. It, it was hard. I think we're all kind of yeah, aligned. I don't think so. I think we actually managed to get some good really? variety in this. Well, oh I gosh. hope unless, okay. our, unless our image for this episode is completely <laughs> lying, I think we got some good variety in this. So I picked things that I thought really would embody uh, two kinds of things. Um, this is for my TV picks and my movie picks. Uh, first, big blockbusters that actually, you know, deserve to get us out into the theater. Mm -hmm. And second, just kind of movies that are just cheesy, good, fun, enjoyable, like B-movies. I think B-movies are underrated. Yeah. They make us go out. You pay a matinee price. You have a great time. And they come. They be, tend to be some of the movies we rewatch re the most. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to say that my biggest movie that I am anticipating this summer, I already spoiled it for you guys if you were paying attention. <laughs> it's Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, <laughs> Part 1, Mission Impossible awesome. 7. Yeah, um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise got us back in the theater. And, I mean, say what you will about what's happened post-pandemic, but, you know, Top Gun Maverick was that movie that really was the milestone where I feel like people went back out to the theater in mass and all kind of mo like pretty much across the board came away feeling really good yeah. about the movies and in that classic kind of movie magic way. I'm hoping that Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is going to do the same for us. Also, this has been probably one of the great I've done this now for like 15 years. I've been doing this like following these movies for years on end and pre-production and casting and all the way to release. And this has been one of the craziest ones to cover by really? far. Yeah. Because we were, I mean, if you guys really want to remember, it's been like two or three years that we've been like writing about Tom Cruise jumping off cliffs on a motorcycle, doing all kinds of wild ish over here, losing his mind on the set and being like, oh, this movie is going to save movies or we're all going to die together. And like during COVID, <laughs> like, it oh has God. been like, yeah, it's been a roller coaster. I think there might even be some stuff on a roller coaster in this movie. <laughs> it's been nuts. So uh, the trailers have looked good. This is kind of the beginning of the end of the Mission Impossible saga. And in a summer where we're getting the beginning of the end of the Fast Saga and the mm -hmm. beginning of the end of the Mission Impossible saga, I'm way more excited for this I one. agree, um, yeah. There's been all kinds of fun things we've heard about this movie. There's a lot of casting of people who are coming back from the past Mission Impossible all the way back to the first one. They're bringing back the guy who was in the vault working the computer when Tom Cruise dropped from the ceiling. 
uh, to steal the knock list from Langley. Like, that guy's coming back. Amazing. This seems like as far as we <laughs> talked about Citadel on Amazon a couple weeks ago, and we were all talking about why we uniquely apparently love or just enjoy that show right now. It's, there's not enough spy action espionage stuff. And this looks like it's going to be the father of all spy action espionage movies. And I'm here for it. So for me, my most hyped movie is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Do we do both? Should we just say, where's, 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 all right, we can just, yeah, we can move this along. We're just doing this informally. Let's just move it along. My second movie is The Meg 2. Why? Yeah, come at me. Come at me. Come at me. The Meg 2, The Trench. Like I said, I want big blockbuster movies that make us love going to the theater. And I also want that nacho cheese. I need my good (laughs) B movie kind of going out, seeing something stupid, popcorn flick. And if you didn't see the first Meg, First of all, what are you doing with your life, baby? <laughs> Go see the first Meg. It's really good. It's um, on TNT like every week. Yeah, How can you miss it? Is. It? It's on TNT. It's on various, I think it's on either Hulu or Netflix right now. You can stream it. Like I just rewatched it and it's still good. Um, it is this this generation's Deep Blue Sea. And if you know, you know. Like it's it's uh it's great. And it's Jason State Jason Statham doing his Jason Statham bestest. And uh, international cast, and this one looks even dumber, cheesier, and wilder. <laughs> and I was all here for it. And if you don't believe the hype is real, the Meg had a pretty, pretty good trailer launch this week. People, people were feeling the Meg. You know, it was trend, it was trending. So that's my other thing. I want a good cheesy uh, B movie flick, a good blockbuster flick, and I think those two are going to deliver both for me. I love that. I, I think those are both like spectacular picks. I'm kind of starting to like regret mine because I think what I'm doing is representing like super mainstream uh, with my choices. So I'll just get to them. I'm, I'm next, right? Uh, so I think that I think I, I can't check the, I can't see everybody's choices in front of me right now, but I think that we kind of aligned uh, a couple of us. So I don't want to go too heavy into my first pick because I think somebody else is going to cover that. But obviously I think... I, I'm my most excited is into the Spider-Verse. Uh, this is something that, or sorry, across the Spider-Verse. Jeez. Get your titles right. Um, this has been kind of like a life-changing animated film moment for me in the previous. And I, you guys know, I complain about all the time. I don't watch anime. I'm not into animation as much. Obviously comic books is it, that's, that's different, but this has been such an exploration for me with animated film that also feels so much like a comic book um, that it's just it's irresistible I I just it was so emotional the music was fire like everything about it was just spectacular the first one so I have really high expectations for this I also did not get to see um, the first one in the theater so being able to see this one in an actual movie theater is going to be a really oh, big deal yeah. for people a lot of people did miss the first one yeah. in theaters, and it is such a game changer to see visually what they did. I mean, you could see like the little dots. Pixelations. Of the, yeah, the pixelation oh my gosh. Of the comic book style stuff. In yeah. Their faces. It was, it was insane. In was theaters. it in 3d? Oh yeah. It was okay. In 3d, 3D was, IMAX, like the whole yeah, thing. It was one of the best 3d movies I, I've seen. It's that's what I'm, that's what I want to like experience. So that is truly my number one, most exciting pick. And I'm sure you guys have other reasons for picking that, but that is why for me, I'm just so excited to be, totally into an animated film. Um, and then my second pick, <laughs> I feel like this is kind of a no brainer. I feel really silly that I'm leaning into this because I am rocking this platinum hair right now. And 
I, I can't wait to see Barbie. <laughs> like I, I, I grew up on Barbie, and as I get older, I'm kind of very nostalgic for my childhood uh, things that really got me excited. So Barbie in general, I don't really know what it's about. I haven't, yeah, they haven't alluded to much of the storyline. So I'm so curious. Like I just want to know what the story is, how they're going to make this a film, like a like play out, start to finish. I love the casting. Margot Robbie is one of my favorites, uh, and she truly is Barbie. Since the first time she came on the scene, I was like, that that girl's Barbie. Like she's so gorgeous. She is Barbie, and that was way before she got casted for Barbie. So I have really high expectations for her in that role. It'll be nice to see her out of you know like it's just something totally different. I feel like it's going to be cheesy and cute, but from my side. Uh, and if they don't use I'm a Barbie girl, like in the actual soundtrack, I'm like, that's a given that that's like, they have to, they have, that's gotta happen in some form of fashion. So yeah, I hope somebody's doing it like in universe karaoke or something. (laughs) Barbies are singing it. (laughs) That Um, would be amazing. See, I had to think those were two of my early picks and I was like, I know, know, although I thought those would be like Matt's picks. Funny enough. I, I was like, on my dartboard, I was like, those are Matt's going to be Matt's picks. I feel but, like uh, with the TV shows, there's so many more options. We can get a little more funky with it. But like the block, the big blockbusters for the summer, I think everybody's kind of excited about the same handful. So yeah. I commend you for like shaking it up a little bit. Thank you. I love positive <laughs> support. Matt, buddy, let's uh, let's hear what did you pick? I'm very curious. Oh, it's me. Connor's next in the thing. If you, I didn't know if it was me. Is it me next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It took us coming. You're the top. You're the top square to us, buddy. Oh, okay, cool. Number <laughs> one square, L seven. So, uh, so one of my picks, I have to uh, immediately kick out because when I was doing this list, I totally missed the summer part. So <laughs> that one doesn't come out till later in the year. So I'm exiting one off the list already. So uh, if I, the one pick I had though that fits in the thing is is easy. It's Rise of the Beast. It's Transformers. I am so jazzed about that i've been waiting for beast wars to be on the big screen for so long um so like i i'm hyped like i cannot wait for that movie um i will say if i had to (laughs) pick another movie uh barbie was next on my list actually um so i'm very excited for that Uh, i think that's going to be just so fun ridiculous i have no idea what it is but that's part of what uh excites me about it uh, so yeah, I, I think those are my, those are my, Matt, two. I'm planning on decking myself fully out in like Barbie gear and going <laughs> like as Barbie to go see Barbie. I thought you would appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yes, I definitely appreciate it. Go all Cosplay out. Cosplay Barbie. <laughs> I will be, um, I will also be decked out as a transformer. I will yes. Be, uh, I so, oh man, I want to believe in rise of the beast, but every time I bring it up, so the world won't let me be helpful or believe because every time I bring it up, people are like, they're making another Transformers movie? What is this one, like the seventh? And I'm like, please don't ruin this. <laughs> no. This one has yeah. a gorilla. That's it a looks so fun. It looks yeah. so fun. It looks like so it's, fun. It's got a Unicron. Like, we're getting something. We're finally here. Like, it I feel looks, like people are ruining this one for me. They're going to be like, Even if oh, this doesn't continue, know. like, like at this point, I really don't necessarily care about, like, an extended universe or things like that like if this one ends up like not doing well at the box office and it's just a movie that hits all the spots for me i'm okay like i'm not like i don't need you know i i just wanted to see there was a part of me that always wanted to see this movie i wanted to see this become real life like this is the kind of things that we talk about when years and years ago now we talked about comics 
and this was the first thing like oh my god we get to see these characters on the big screen now that doesn't necessarily suffice anymore it has to be more but there was a point in time where just seeing them and like being legitimately created on the screen and like taken seriously and stuff was that was enough and for me these beast wars characters that's enough for me so it doesn't have to you know steer the ship and the right i don't care about any of that uh, that's not my job uh all i care about uh is seeing a movie that's fun and awesome and these characters just look so cool so i'm, I'm in man i was gonna say paramount should hire you to do pr for this movie but uh to realize they <laughs> no, already okay. are so boom <laughs> all right job well done utilizing that's those awesome. paramount resources all right <laughs> Connor, last but certainly not least, Mr. Connor Casey, what are your top two movie picks you are hyped for this summer? So I had a bunch of different TV picks. So for the movies, I kept it simple, and I'm going with uh, Across the Spider-Verse uh, for a lot of the same reasons Janelle listed. Um, some of y'all may remember 2018. I know it feels like it was 25 years ago instead of just five, but... That was some good eating if you were a Spider-Man fan at the time because you had this movie, you had Tom Holland delivering the knockout line of Avengers Infinity War, and you had the PlayStation 4 game. That was a great year to be a Spider-Man fan. And I feel like 2023 is the sequel because not only do we get this, but we're finally getting Spider-Man 2 on the PS5. A um, lot to be excited about with the production of this film. Uh, I know we don't tend to talk about like animated directors when it's not Pixar, but Joaquin Dos Santos has an awesome pedigree and he's attached to this one. Uh, you've got obviously Phil Lord, but Chris Miller is actually getting a writing credit this time. And when those two are together, it's always magic. Um, I like that they're diving further into the whole multiversal aspect of it. We're getting a bunch of different art styles on top of what we already had. Uh, there's a just a ton of reasons to be excited about this. I can't wait for the soundtrack because I listened to that that first soundtrack for a, a full year straight, and I still hear Sunflower on the radio every now and then. So I can't wait for this thing to basically take over music for a few months too. Yeah, my son uh, says he calls that song the Spider Man, the Miles Morales song every time. Exactly, because it, it is. You know, it's but no that the, the movie looks incredible. I love that it's the first half of a two parter. They're they're taking a big swing with this as opposed to just repeating what happened in the first one. So yeah, that it's, it's Spider-Verse all the way. All right. So there are, so that was everybody's picks for movies. I'm, I'm surprised. There are some funny things. I think we, we didn't say that are surprised. I was shocked that Matt, you didn't, you didn't go with the Marvels or Blue Beetle. Uh, because Marvels was the one I had to cross off my list. That doesn't hit till November. You said oh, something. Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot all about I that. was going to actually yeah. pick Blue Beetle, oh. but I thought for sure one of you would have picked Blue well, Beetle. Well, so I kicked off Blue Beetle to make room for Marvels. Because <laughs> Rise <laughs> of the Beast was coming. And then as we start to do this rundown, I went, oh, crap. It's November. And so then I went, well, Oh, so then like i'm like well all right because like there's also a thing in the comments of like tmnt was also on my list of like possibles so like marvel yeah. threw everything off for me but yes that was in my that was my pick but i can't pick a november movie for the summer pre i tried to pick barbie to be safe so i wasn't stepping on anybody's toes <laughs> but yes marvel was like, the other one we Marvels also was the you, you and I both just uh, like, went right for, oh, the Marvels is still a summer movie. Love it. Very much not. I it actually had to look that up. I, I was with <clears throat> you, Matt. I was like, summer, summer, summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so, we went through too many. 
yeah. the state changes. I don't, I don't hold it against. I them. will say with TV shows, I was actually way more excited for spring shows that like we're currently in right now um, compared to some of these summer releases. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, flubbing that line can get crazy too, but uh, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> but uh, just to address some things, um, yes, I think TMNT Mutant Mayhem looks great. I think it just is coming out in the summer where we're also getting across the Spider-Verse, and they're very similar in style. And so I think one's going to eat the other's lunch, and that's not necessarily fair, but them's the movie biz, yeah. and that's the way it usually works. See Stir of Echoes and all, a whole bunch of other stuff that came in the wake of other very more popular movies like The Sixth Sense. So mm -hmm. Plus, just we've, had, we've had animated TMT movies before that nobody yeah. talks about anymore. So there's no so, guarantee yeah. on this one. And uh, the other thing I would have said, uh, honorable mention, is I am more and more curious about what Christopher Nolan has done with Oppenheimer, which isn't like a weird summer blockbuster about the pressures of science. But, you know, I started reading about theories that this is actually like Nolan's whole kind of self-referencing breakdown of his whole career and what he did to the movie business through Batman and all that stuff. And I'm kind of curious to see if it works on that level. So Oppenheimer, I am curious to see, and I want to see that on the big screen just to see how you make a movie out of that. But um, okay, let's jump on over and not waste too much time. Uh, TV shows. Yeah. Hyped for, and this is like you said, this is a much bigger playground, right? Right. Because TV has come up big. <clears throat> and so... A lot of stuff to be hyped for in the summer. Um, I'm going to go with mine. Mine is real easy. The first thing I'm really hyped for is Marvel Secret Invasion. I think people have honestly kind of slept on this one. Like I said, that espionage action thing, we love it. We've we've been over that. And I feel like this is going to be another stylistic game changer for the MCU with the way this plays with the cloak and dagger, no pun intended, of <laughs> kind of the spies I think there's going to be a lot that's revealed about the scrolls and like what's going on here and what's shifted in the universe since the blip. That's going to be very crucial to the future of the MCU. And I think this one's going to keep us in the simple fun of talking and guessing and speculating week to week, which we really haven't been able to do in a while here. Like, I think, I mean, I think what was the last thing we really all got in on together was like what she Hulk or something. Yeah. yeah. That was like what, almost a year ago. Oh my gosh. So, really? Yeah, uh, kind of looking forward to getting the discourse and the fun back and the Ralph Boner Mephesto of it all theories and seeing where we go with this. So uh, looking for a secret invasion. Some of you are still scarred. I saw Matt's eyes do a very subtle shade thing when I said. Oh, Ralph no, I I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, OK. All right. But uh, that secret invasion. So really looking for forward to that. Too. That is my uh, big appointment thing. And like I said, I, I'm doing this with big blockbusters and big cheese that mm -hmm. I love. So big cheese that I love and to throw a twist into this, my uh, other highly anticipated TV series is uh, Twisted Metal on Peacock. Ooh. Yeah, I want to see the Twisted Metal adaptation. Yes. Yeah, that's the graphic we're getting out here. Love Twisted Metal it. on Peacock. I want to see what the hell this is all about. Um, we saw a first teaser. The cast is crazy. You got Anthony Mackie. You got Samoa Joe in this. Samoa Joe is Sweet Tooth. Hell yeah. Yeah, Sweet Tooth. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like Again, this could be my fun, like, this is in no way a blockbuster show. Half the people probably can't even remember Twisted Metal or what story is involved in all that. But if I get good scenes of people driving and, and shootout sequences and stuff, that's a novelty I haven't had on TV, really. And if they do this on a good enough scale, this could be really just fun, B -t like B-genre, great entertainment, and that's all I'm looking for. 
and I just want to see cars go boom. So <laughs> who's, I'm a very the, who's the guy that has the like two wheels for like hands and legs like he's holding two wheels there's a there's some twisted metal character isn't there that like it's a person literally with two giant wheels and i i swear that I, that's an image i can't ever get out of my head from one of the older axel games is it axel okay yeah <laughs> oh my gosh that's great yeah he stands um, in between like atlas it's kind of a play on atlas he yeah. stands between two wheels and he's okay. like wheeling around like stuff like guns under his feet yeah it's absurd. i really hope they do that kind of ridiculous thing lean into it you know yeah yeah. <laughs> um, so awesome. those are my two. Uh, hey. All right. Well, again, I think there's going to be some overlap. Um, so I kind of put three down because I'm going to do kind of like an honor. So first and foremost, clearly I'm going to torture myself this summer because my picks are all just very like sad, depressing and scary. Uh, my first pick that I'm very excited about is Black Mirror. Um, this is mm. one of my favorite shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, but it is so uh, heart wrenching and petrifying and like it makes your brain kind of pop because <laughs> there's a lot of reflection back on society and issues and things. So um, if you've not watched Black Mirror, I don't know what to tell you. It is like its own thing. Uh, so I'm very excited about Black Mirror and I have no idea what to expect. I'm not sure kind of what we should be like wh what direction they're going to take in this i don't know a lot about it and that is what is very intriguing to me um so i'm very pumped about that and then i'm also really excited about witcher but i have a feeling that matt chose that matt can you give me a thumbs up if you did did you okay so i won't talk too much about it but i just i love my platinum hair pals um so i'm very excited about witcher and so i also have to make a reference to something that's super near and dear to my heart the reason why I even started on comic book in in general was for The Walking Dead. So they're doing a spinoff series and it's going to be with Maggie and Negan and it's called Walking Dead Dead City. And I, uh, I Boys, just not called Walking Dead takes Manhattan. <laughs> ah. But it's like it's it's very sentimental for me. Like I feel so connected to that universe and I always will. It was my first comic I ever read. It was the first thing that got me on this camera with my comic book fam. And uh, and and I actually got to meet so many actors on the show and Greg Nicotero and all of these like we like he literally follows me on Instagram, which is the, one of my coolest things of life is that Greg Nicotero follows me. So, uh, yeah, this is I don't really know where they're going to go. And I love that. I love that. I kind of don't have a lot of information about any of the things that I'm really excited about. Like uh, that makes me excited. I don't like to be over, you know taught over told what we have on the horizon so this is these are yeah i'm excited but they're all pretty heavy yeah <laughs> like, i know but my lighthearted is is now like i love ted lasso is my favorite show ever and like marvelous mrs mazel i'm loving greece but i guess this is just my time of happy and summer will be my time of upset overthinking anxiety <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Black Mirror, I'm really, I'm really hyped to see like where, where, what Black Mirror does now, because everything that we've had happen since that series come, uh, comes out is just like watching real life slowly teeter towards the Black Mirror verse from those dancing robot dogs and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So yeah. those are good picks. Those are really good Thanks. picks and both like. Not a, not expected picks. That was good. good. Oh, good. Walking Dead takes Manhattan might actually get me to watch The Walking Dead again. There's yeah. some pretty crazy stuff in that trailer. Yeah. Go check that out on comic book Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. 
All righty, Maddie, what do you got for the small screen this summer? Well, and before I jump into mine, I got to say, I, I kind of with Kofi, like I, I've been checked out really of the, like I've kept up with stuff, but I've been checked out of the Walking Dead universe really since um, the like. Glenn. Well, actually, like right after, like mm -hmm. Abraham and like all that, like those deaths and like that kind of part of that yep. season, I kind of checked out. Like it was like a little much for me, and I'm like, I'm good. Like you're I, not alone. And yeah. I never really came back to it, even though I saw stuff that like I would keep up with stuff on recaps and whatever, but like I didn't really watch it as a devoted fan. And the first, all those first seasons before, I did. And mm -hmm. so I got to say, like I've been waiting for the Michonne Rick thing to happen yes. movies and stuff and and now that that's like a you know coming out i'm excited for that and that was enough to get me in and then when the negan you know thing got announced i went oh, okay like maybe like that sounds cool too because i always liked you know i always liked maggie I always like me as characters so mm -hmm. i think i'm actually like they've they've kind of lured me back in i'll probably check these out because i've been i think i've been away from it long enough to kind of have some of that you know like some of that aftertaste is kind of worn <laughs> it's kind of awesome worn. um but also there's like characters i care about again mm -hmm. are, are going to be the focal point so i'm right. excited for those um yes i if, this one was an easy guess for me because number one it's actually coming out during the summer uh but witcher witcher uh season three parts the witcher. One, part two witcher. the witcher um uh, you know both parts this is an anticipated season it was an anticipated season before all the chaos that happened with casting and and now that it's going to be you know uh, Cavill's last season uh, as Geralt and all that stuff, then that's kind of ramped up even more. But just as a fan of the show, having them all together, and 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 even though they were kind of split apart in season two, this this season really kind of brings those main leads together in a big way in series evolution. There's so much to get excited about, you know. Um, it, it's it's exciting. So I, I'm really stoked for this season. And then also, like many Witcher fans, um, probably just wondering what's how they're going to move it forward. <laughs> how are we going to bring Hemsworth in? Like all those other questions. But for now, I'll push those aside. I'm excited for this. Uh, and then for, for the other, I actually tried to, um, it's kind of borderline because it actually doesn't have an official release date yet, but it is targeted summer, fall. Uh, X-Men 97. I am I am hyped for this. Uh, I adore, obviously, like many fans of yeah. the X-Men, I adore the original animated series, and it will still always hold a special place in my heart. And while some of the animation doesn't hold up sometimes, the stories do, and I just am excited to return to that world uh, and for them to give it such a, a big platform and everything and really continue that universe. I, I'm excited. So I'm, I'm hoping, plus I love animation. So I'm always a sucker to jump back in. So yeah, that's, that's me. Th I will agree with Janelle from earlier too. TV was a lot more difficult. Oh, like yeah. there's more options and it was just like, there's, there's stuff that really excites me. Like that's kind of outside of the typical wheelhouse, but I couldn't ignore two big things, you know? No, X-Men 97 is a good get right there. Yeah. <clears throat> I hope it's a, another perfect encapsulation of 90s lifestyle like the uh, original cartoon is. Yeah. Uh, Connor, what do you have on your radar for the summer? So I got three picks. The first one is ongoing. Janelle, I think you missed it, but I'm actually rocking a Ted Lasso shirt as we speak. Yes! Um, the season the season runs up through the end of this month, so I'm counting it. Um, this show was originally made to only be three seasons. I know there's some debate about a season four. 
Uh, this season has not hit me quite as hard as the previous two have, but I'm very curious to see if this was supposed to be the end, how was it going to end? So still keeping a close eye on that. As for new stuff, uh, the bear season two drops in a June, I believe that was one of those shows where critics would just talk about it constantly, especially on Twitter, but I didn't watch it until a bit later. I binged through the whole thing in one weekend when I was sick and it's, Every bit as good as people say it is. If you didn't catch Jeremy Allen White when he was in Shameless, he's the star of this show, absolutely dominates it. And between this and what he's going to do in the Von Erich movie, The Iron Claw, this guy is going to be massive. And you probably want to buy in early and see what he's doing with this. If the opening scene of them playing the... Uh, background music from new uh refuse new noise by refuse if that doesn't sell you the show might not be for you but for me that sung to me just perfectly oh no people have there's been a lot written and said about the opening scene of the bear which and is then, and then there's the, the whole episode that's just one take it's made to look like one take but you know they, they have a little directorial flourishes you've got actors that are completely coming out of nowhere to steal the whole show uh you've got listen <laughs> very established people coming in out of nowhere for one or two scenes and stealing the whole damn thing. If you know, you know. And uh, yeah, no, I cannot wait to see what they bring with season two. And the grand uh, yeah, it's like half the cast of Punishers in this show. So. Exactly, it, it, especially one particular member of the Punisher. Yeah. Um, but uh, the last but not least, I'm nothing if I'm not on brand. Stars officially announced we're getting heels season two later this summer. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed the first season. Uh, this is a Michael Waldron show. It's got Stephen Amell. It's based around a fictional small town pro wrestling promotion. Uh, it's got Alexander Ludwig from Vikings. Uh, first season was really solid. It felt like a show that had been in development forever because the script feels about 10 years old for various reasons. And the ending was kind of, uh, okay, this was clearly written where we weren't going to resolve anything until we got a season two. So now that we're getting one, I'm very curious to see where we're actually going with some of these characters. But yeah, so heels, Ted Lasso, and the bear. All right. Thank you, Connor. So that is our TV picks. There are some other fun things coming out. We have things like um, Mayans MC's final season is coming out. And uh, me and Charlie, turn up Charlie Ridgely, have been looking at that. That looks like it's going to be bananas even more so than Sons of Anarchy. So uh, I'm going to be checking that out. We also have The Continental is coming out this summer. The John Wick spinoff uh, is happening. So keep an eye on that. Uh, I'm just looking over. But I think we hit all the biggest ones that we need to mention. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai. Me and Matt have been talking about that. That's coming H2. Oh, I'm sorry. Max. Max, they're so obnoxious with this. The place to find HBO. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger series, FUBAR, we've had people out doing press and doing stuff for that, and we're hearing really good things about that. So keep that on your radar. iCarly's coming back, Matt. Uh, I'm just messing, but it is. <laughs> uh, it is. It is coming back, and it's yeah. coming back pretty, pretty soon, man. I'm, I'm really interested to see what they did for this HBO thing that's caused controversy. The Idol starring The Weeknd and mm -hmm. Lily Depp Rose has been freaking Hollywood out, starting beef with Rolling Stone. It's been just the behind the scenes on that has been has been great to see. Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 is coming back, which is going to be a nice kind of 
little boost to our summer. So looking for that. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, just to, I'm just making sure. So we cover all our things. But uh, oh, great. So that sounds like a good thing. We nailed some good summer picks for TV. If you guys are listening or you are watching live, please do go into the comments or hit us up on at Comic Book Nation Twitter and let us know. Like, what are you guys hyped for this summer for movies, for TV? We love to get that feedback so we can talk to you guys when we get back up here and uh, really also know what you guys want to hear us cover and stuff <laughs> like that. So thank you. That's our summer movie and TV preview. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we are going to have a special guest from Comic Book Gaming to come on and review The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, to make sure if Connor's dreams came true or if he will be disappointed in gaming. I this. could be playing it right now. Instead, I'm on this show. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the way it goes. That's why, that's the way that's it goes. That's why I'm in the studio. Yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. So we'll be back in one second. This is Comic Book Nation. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, Season 5, the only show that does it all for geek culture. We just broke down our most anticipated movies and TV shows that are coming at you in summer 2023. Now we are going to welcome on our special guest from Comic Book Gaming. Mr. Christian Hoffer is back with us this week, and he has had the esteemed hopefully pleasure of sitting down and playing the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom, the highly anticipated new Zelda game for Nintendo switch, uh, possibly the end of the Nintendo switch one era. We don't know yet, but these are all things we need to talk to Christian and figure out. So Christian, welcome to comic book nation or welcome back rather. Hello. How's everyone doing? We are, uh, we're just doing all right, man. We're just doing all right. I'm Barely excited. hanging in I'm excited to hear about this. Barely hanging on. Barely getting out of the house. <laughs> Barely getting into the studio. Like, we're, we're just That's hanging so sweet. on. sweet. I don't feel like anyone ever asks us how we're doing. No, no, they don't. We bring anyone on. You're just so like, nice. Get up here and talk, monkeys. <laughs> all right, but... Uh, Christian, you've had how you've had some time to kind of uh, jump into the game. I'm sure you're still deep in it and playing through. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been playing, I think I've put in somewhere between 40 and 50 hours into this game, and I really feel like I've barely scratched the surface. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's a good jumping off point. Oh. There are some big things that were teased for this particular Zelda game and Tears of mm -hmm. the Kingdom. Um, this is supposed to be kind of just to give people an overview who may not know, this is a Zelda game that builds on the last one, which is Breath of the Wild, which gave people a lot more kind of freedom to explore and interact and environment and how they wanted to progress through the quest and, and kind of do that. But this one is supposed to take that concept that people really enjoyed from the last game and take it up, you know, exponentially up into terms of what you can do to interact, progress through this game, get through challenges, build and all of that stuff. So is that all overwhelming or does it uh, play pretty well? Hoffer? No. So 
the the interesting thing about this game is that it really takes the open world and freedom from Breath of the Wild, but presents it in a little bit more of a structured sort of way. Um, one of the biggest complaints about Breath of the Wild was that amazing game, like one of my favorite games of all time, but it doesn't really feel like a Zelda game. Uh, like, you know, people had expectations about, you know, some of the traditional stuff that just appears in every Zelda game. There's the dungeons, there's a bit more of a storyline. And, you know, some of that is sacrificed in Breath of the Wild to, you know, give, you know, people the ability to do whatever they want. And so they figured out a way to retain that the open world nature, the ability to, to literally do just about anything. Like, you know, somehow they've expanded upon that. But they've framed it in such of a way that it feels so much more like a Zelda game. And so fans of the Zelda franchise are going to be pleased. It addresses some of the criticism about Breath of the Wild while still retaining everything that you loved about the first uh, Breath of the Wild game. That is good to hear because I was one of those people, and this has been well documented on this show. Uh, I now feel old and stupid but you know i'll share anyway but i really didn't get into the first game simply because i was so unfamiliar with the dynamics of playing it as like a person who started out in 86 with the first gold zelda cartridge and got used to those games all through the you know the platforms when i hit this one it's almost like i had an existential spin out and was like i don't know there's too much freedom i don't know what to do and i just got lost i just yeah after talking with you guys in gaming about this game, it actually made me go back and pick up the other one and start to be like, okay, I got my head around what to do now and what I can do. And yeah, now it's getting to be a little bit more fun. I'm finding these shrines. I'm getting what I need to do. I'm, I'm getting into it a little bit. So I have a lot riding on this. And uh, yeah, uh, it's good to hear that they're kind of making it Zelda, but also kind of truly making it this open world where you can play in and do things. Do you find the kind of, are the mechanics, the thing I've been wondering a lot about are some of the things we've seen in these gameplay or trailer like videos of what people can build and like what they can make, mm -hmm. are all the mechanics of that kind of smooth and intuitive and easy to master or yeah. challenge people? So the there there's three new uh, abilities in this game that kind of replace the the abilities that you get at the onset of Breath of the Wild, and it's not really a spoiler because you get these in like the tutorial portion of the game. Um, so there's ascend, which is basically an ability to uh, spontaneously move vertically, uh, you know, into platforms that are above you. Um, you know, that's that's really just uh, you know uh, it's a function that you know comes in, comes in handy when you're exploring, but is kind of like limited. Uh, there is um, the fuse ability, which basically answers how, you know, the, the big one, the big criticisms of Breath of the Wild, everyone hated how the weapon system worked in that game. Not everyone, but a lot of people hated how the weapon system worked in that because your good weapons were always breaking. Um, and so with this, they've kind of found a way of like, okay, you're going to get a bunch of generic weapons, but you can upgrade them using monster parts, using stuff you just find around with other weapons. You can just put a sword on top of another sword and then really go to town on people. And, you know, there's a lot of creativity involved because some unexpected, uh, you know, weapon combos uh, are, are just absolutely fantastic. Like, you know, you, you stick a mushroom on top of a stick and suddenly you're turning it into like the home run bat from Super Smash Brothers Melee, where you're just sending, you know, monsters flying 50 feet. It's, it's fantastic. 
Um, and you know, a big part of the joy of the game is figuring out like what weirdo combinations just work really well. Uh, the, the, the big feature, the thing that everyone will be using 90% of the time uh, is the ultra hand feature. Uh, and, and basically that allows you to build whatever. Uh, not only can you build vehicles using it, and it's kind of used in conjunction with these things called Zonai devices, which range from uh, wheels to a uh, control stick to like, you know, the, the the gliding things. And there's a bunch of other even weirder things. And you you kind of just merge them all together and create just whatever weirdo creations you want. And, uh, you know, this game's only officially been out for like, I don't know, like 13 hours. And the stuff that I've already seen on the internet um, is both amazing and a little horrifying. Yeah, that's my segue to one of the other questions I had, which is, you know, there's been a lot that's been speculated about, is this the end of this generation of Switch? And I, before we get into that big question, my small question was, how long are we going to be seeing this game on social media and videos and memes or just clips of the crazy stuff that people find out and like come up with? Uh, and, for, see, forever. Man, the 13 hours <laughs> and it's already like, it's already getting nuts out there, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like... I, one of the one of the things about Breath of the Wild uh, is that to this day, people were finding new ways of doing stuff. Like I saw somebody like, you know, set up a way to do an um, to, to basically do a kickflip on a shield that bounced back and hit three guardians spontaneously and killed them all. And it was just like, you know, one of the most metal and cool things I've ever seen. And, you know, that took them like hours, like probably like months to figure out all like the, the, the mechanics to it. And so, you know, and that that was with, you know, features that aren't even as cool as, you know, Ultra Hand. And the other one is the recall function. I totally forgot about that. You can actually rewind time and, you know, do all sorts of weird stuff with that. So uh, they, they've definitely opened it up. Um, and, you know, one of the things. One of the funny things was like, I've already seen, like I said, I've already seen just so many weird things and it's been one day. So give people years like on their second or third playthroughs. And I'm almost terrified to see what they come up with. Oh man. My final question for you. Do you think uh, having played, I'm sure a multitude of Zelda games, do you think this is going to end up ranking among the top classics? So I have played every single Zelda game and this one is so far my favorite. Um, you know, I have not in, in like I, I enjoyed Breath of the Wild to the point that I played through it twice, but it wasn't my favorite Zelda game, you know, but I think Tears of the Kingdom will, you know, assuming that it's six landing, like that's the thing. I'm 50 hours into this game and I'm nowhere close to being done with it. Um, so assuming that, you know, the story, the storyline, you know, ends up in a, in a fun way. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to overtake Majora's Mask as my favorite. Wow. Okay. So there you go. No small terms <laughs> for our review of this game. Anything else you want to add before you get out of here, Christian? No, oh, no, just that, uh, I, I can't wait to see what everyone thinks about this game. Um, you know, I, I, I. I I have been sitting on this game for two and a half weeks and it has been so awful not getting to talk to people about it. So I'm just thrilled that it's out and that everyone is going to get to enjoy playing it. And I can't wait to see what sort of nonsense people get into with this game. 
Man, I can't believe that I am over 35 years later still now sitting here and talking about <laughs> Zelda and Zelda still being like shutting down summer. Awesome. So, Love all it. right. If you needed a summer game preview, there's one hell of a one. Here's mm -hmm. uh, possibly the best Zelda game you'll ever play coming to Switch or now on Switch. Wow. I've been saying coming and preview and all this for so long, but it's here. <laughs> So thank you, Christian, for coming on. That has been our review of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, now available for Nintendo Switch. And I think it's safe to say we recommend you guys check that out and come up with something weird that we can enjoy. <laughs> All right, moving right along. To uh, close out the show, uh, Matt and Connor, I believe you guys have some wrestling talk. But before we get to that, I just want to jump and rearrange a little bit. And just uh, say, you guys, uh, we are checking out also the TV show Silo, which is now on Apple TV Plus. And uh, one also happens to be, in full disclosure, our first sellout endorsement that we've done for this show. Uh, so if you've heard me really? on talking on radio, being like, hello, I'm Kofi Elbow, and this is about silo the new sci-fi series from apple oh, tv wow. plus yeah that's me but uh Congrats. it's good that we get to do those kinds of things when we can actually enjoy the product because uh i've been enjoying silo and if you don't know what it's about it's this kind of dystopian sci-fi tv series that's about this dystopian future where the world has been either polluted or irradiated or something bad happened and the remainder of humanity our characters are in a missile silo that has been converted into a living community a la the matrix and it's about the mystery of what's happening and when some people discover that maybe things are not what they seem how it begins to unravel different people in this society and push them towards you know maybe venturing out and finding out what's going on and investigating and it has a crazy cast of people david mm -hmm. Iwello, uh rashida jones um, oh my God, I can't believe Rebecca Ferguson, who's also in Mission Possible this summer. It, it It's a really good cast. And I think there's three episodes out right now. And by the end of the third episode, like not only was I sucked into it, there's a shot at the end of the third episode that made me hyperventilate, like that I was just like, oh, I can't stand this. It has to do with water and caves. And I was like, I don't like either oh, of those things. Yeah. And, like, yeah, and a large body of water and somebody just hanging over one. And I was just I like, started yeah. the, the episode that they released today before I came in. Yeah, I haven't started and it yet. I it caught looks, up on Citadel. It catch, yeah. it, like, you're right there. Right yeah. where it ends. You're oh, right. Oh, It's really cool. Yeah, it creeps me out. But um, so that is uh, Silo. But uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. And again, we're talking summer shows. This is a good... Apple TV has really... It just sneaks in and quietly mm -hmm. drops some good stuff on us. And this is, a, and this is another one. And it's not usually a whole bunch of fanfare you hear for these series and stuff, which is why you need us. So yep. uh, check yeah. that out also. Would you guys I think? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I've, I've really been digging it. It's it, There's like just enough intrigue and, and action a little bit to just have you go, I've got to watch the next episode. Like I can't just stop now. So I think that's that's really great in anything sci-fi. Like you can't, yeah. you can't put it down. You know, it's like reading yeah. a book. You can't, you have to keep turning the page. And yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying it. I had to watch the first two episodes to, and like by the end of the second episode, I was hooked. Like I was like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, like I it it managed to really get its its claws in. I, I'm a sucker for this kind of premise anyway. Like oh. Ten Cloverfield Lane. Like I I love the, what's what is outside? Is it is it real or not? Is that you know so, and there's revelations in two, and three that like really push that. And I'm like, oh okay, like I'm. I'm I'm in, <laughs> like I, I I dig it. So uh, yeah, quite I I agree with you though. Apple TV kind of sneaks in and 
Uh, there's been several shows on that platform that, you know, have really like become favorites of mine. So, yeah, between this and foundation, Apple TV plus is trying to get that sci-fi trying to <laughs> lock down that sci-fi block. Connor, do you have anything? I'm sorry. We couldn't hear you. Still oh. muted. I think you're that still muted, buddy. There he is. If not for the fact that this is based off of a book, I would have been positive and said that this is a secretly a fallout uh, show. And uh, you're going <laughs> to get that reveal oh, at the end. Yeah. But, uh, but no, this, this looks incredible. I can't wait to take a look. All right. So that's Silo. And like I said, well, they were kind enough to uh, let us do an endorsement for the show, but that's not why we are doing it well. We just liked it. And I like that we actually <laughs> hyped something that turned out to be uh, really enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Woof. Good. That's Thank a sign goodness. of relief. So uh, that's Nilo on Apple TV Plus. Connor and Matt, uh, you guys have some wrestling updates for us. Yes, sir, we do. Matt, we've got something big coming next week, and it doesn't have anything to do with what's actually on TV. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery has its uh, upfront presentation next Wednesday at Madison at Madison Square Garden. And uh, we're expecting some pretty big AEW updates with this one. Not only are we going to get confirmation of the worst kept secret in the industry right now, which is that <laughs> AEW is launching a Saturday night show called AEW Collision. Uh, for folks who don't know, Saturday nights used to be a primetime wrestling time slot. The 605 uh, on, I believe it was TBS, was uh, used for years by various promotions. And uh, when WWE kind of came to prominence, that went away. It's coming back. This should be awesome. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how are we going to divide up the roster between Dynamite and Collision. Rampage is going to be taking a pretty significant step back on Friday nights. Uh, they got rid of their two YouTube series, Dark and Dark Elevation. Um, CM Punk is going to play a pretty significant role in this show. And by all indication, I'm expecting him to be involved in the presentation somehow. He'll be featured, but I do not expect him to actually be at the upfront itself. I think they're going to save his return for an episode of uh, Dynamite, but that's probably not going to be for a little bit. We are expecting his first match to be on the first episode. And apparently, according to rumors, that will be against uh, Twisted Metal's very own Samoa Joe. <laughs> which, if you know anything about their rivalry from about 20 years ago, that should be awesome. The other big rumor regarding the upfront is that we're also going to get confirmation on a new television deal with AEW. It's going to be the figure that is being rumored is $1 billion for five years. Now, that's billion with a B, and that's awesome for the company. Now, that's yeah. not actually outlandish for Warner Brothers to throw out that kind of money because when you look at how much time they're producing a week for television it's still not quite what Fox is paying for just two hours of Smackdown each week right. it's close but anytime a company other than WWE is landing a billion dollar television deal, deal. it's fantastic news yeah. for the industry it's good for it this is a case of rising ties lift all ships this is going to be awesome Matt, how do you feel about all of these rumors surrounding AEW right now and what we should probably expect next Wednesday? I agree with you. It's it's like the worst kept secret, like across the board. Like, <laughs> like they're, they're not uh, even trying. Tony just came on Dynamite <laughs> this week and was like, hey, big news next week. Yeah. I can't tell you about it because NDAs. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, here's the thing. I'm I'm actually excited for this. Uh I'm, I'm always up for, you know, more wrestling. Uh, and, and one of my biggest things with AEW is like all the talent that they have doesn't get featured. So having another 
Uh, now, question: Is this another two-hour show or a one-hour show? From what I've heard, it's two hours. Okay, so it's it's the so it's just it's the it's supposed to be what so it's really trying to carve out what Rampage was supposed to be because in, in a in a way Rampage will now kind of be seen as Sunday Night Heat if you remember yeah. that from nineties and two thousands. This will really be what it is now. This will be the equivalent of Dynamite and Collision will now be the Raw and SmackDown. Okay. How, how they divide up the rosters, how they determine who gets TV time, where and when. I feel like that's still too TBD. But I think that's so smart. Because like, as someone who appreciates the, the WWE draft and having two brands and making the distinct shows unto themselves, a, a, an individualized roster is a huge part of that. And AEW has the bench has the talent to pull that off. So I think that's, I think that's a win across the board. Like I think they've, they've needed this. They need more screen real estate. Yes. They lose dark and elevation, but like rampage was becoming that anyway. I mean, it's a lot of storylines on rampage are branching off from those two shows. And people were always like, well, if you've been watching darker elevation, you would know what happened there. It was like, right. well, okay. But you know, so that was kind of the problem. Um, so I, I think this solves a lot. Obviously, CM Punk coming back is huge. And I think that's, you know, applause to if if look, if it actually happens, which I think is like a 99.9% thing that's happening. Yeah. Applause to people working stuff out because come on, like that's just money on the table. Also, no one wanted to see Punk's ending here be that way. Not not that grumpy. Press you know, no like, yeah, like that was that was a bad it was a bad look. And I hope this kind of also proves some people wrong, because, look, I mean, there is like reputations are reputations. Right. So it's like, OK, you can't do this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if this happens again, I'm like, dude, like that's you guys got to part ways. He's got to be done with wrestling because yeah. it's just not a thing. But uh, but I'm but I'm excited for for this across the board. I think it's great for AEW. And I think, like you said, I think it's great for wrestling across the board because, I mean, even just their Wembley stuff, right? Selling, was it 60,000 at this point? Um, I think we're creeping up to 70 at this point. Yeah. So selling tickets to that without Punk, you know, obviously Punk is, there's rumors of, you know, Elite versus him and FTR, all that stuff. All that stuff aside, that's not on the card. That's not officially announced. So just tickets are based on the show that people are going to see. I think that's huge. So it's a it's a really nice. It's been a roller coaster ride mm-hmm. with AEW, just like it has with WWE. But with AEW, a lot of it's been backstage stuff, and it's nice to see like a couple wins <laughs> really kind of strike together. So yeah, if you ever needed that. proof that these guys need another TV show, uh, Miro popped up on this week's Dynamite after being off TV for nine months. That guy can easily be one of the biggest stars in the industry if you just let him. Just put them so, on TV. Just now you got TV. now you got some real estate for them. Perfect. <laughs> so no, this is going to be exciting. AEW is ship, shaping up for a massive summer, and it's actually a great opportunity for them to strike because I don't know if you've paid attention to this, Matt, but WWE does not have a stateside pay per view again until SummerSlam in August. Isn't that something? The home front has been le- has been left defenseless. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a castle. I know. but that's a good point i hadn't really thought about that that's nuts uh yeah wwe is very much on this international kick but that but i i mean well granted we're talking about wembley too i mean Mm -hmm. aew is too which is great um but i agree i think this is a but i just like that once this all is officially announced i just hope they can ride this momentum and just keep 
like keep moving forward. It's just been a lot of petty stuff in the background that has come to the forefront. And I just, you know, missed the days when we were talking about, and, and this goes for WWT. When we were, there was a brief time there when we were just comparing show to show. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, oh man, it'd be great to have be back there. We weren't constantly going, hey, did Vince do this one or did Trips do this one? And we weren't talking about, oh my God, what person bit someone backstage? Like we weren't talking about all that junk. We were just comparing wrestling show to wrestling show. And it's, I hope, I want to get there again. So, you know. All right. That was a very dramatic wrestling segment <laughs> castles wrestling is nothing if not drama it's very fitting you told the story damn it <laughs> finish the story <laughs> man we love your wrestling segments we we sit here and learn about wrestling from you guys just listening to the drama all right matt why don't you uh take us out uh first in our comic section which is our last section of the day we had some big news drop oh, yeah morning. buddy What's going yeah. on, Matt? So, uh, apparently holding out on us when he came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, as we talked to Tom King in our previous interview, which you can check out on the Comic Book Nation uh, YouTube channel, you can hear all about Wonder Woman's new creative team and, and new storyline that's coming up later this year. Um, but in uh, as a precursor to that and setting the stage for that is Wonder Woman 800. And Wonder Woman 800 will have Tom King writing a story that will introduce diana's daughter trinity and now obviously details are very hazy they want to give the farm away uh but one the design kicks that's that's a great that's a great design uh but this is a obviously a future character and we're going to get in the the story in 800 is going to kind of set the stage for trinity and also surround everything of like what is this world she's in now and, and set the stage for her. Then in Tom King's full run, obviously it's going to take place before. So you're going to start to really see, I, I kind of like things like this when they, the foreshadowing a bit, right? How do we get there? <laughs> how does Trinity, like, how does that become a reality? Yeah, um, there's I, all I, these I things. I got a question. Is she into. a clay baby or who's the dad? Who uh, Couldn't, couldn't well, tell you. We don't know. Couldn't well, tell you, but. Uh, this is uh, a good time in RIP to say, Jerry. Jerry, so yes, uh, but that's but that's exciting news. It's a I I love the design. Also, the Wonder Woman uh, collective has been one of the most interesting places in the in the DCU over the last couple of years. So I'm always excited to keep evolving that. I'm very excited for this upcoming run. So this is this is cool news. Uh, I'm, I'm she got those fu- Bruce Wayne brows. That's all I'm saying. She got Bruce Wayne brows. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Bruce, so you dog, you for our for our first book. We're gonna move on from there. For our first book, uh, we're gonna keep in the DC side of things. Uh, every got a Wonder Woman baby and a Catwoman baby and some Batman armor. And Batman's gonna have some problems. Like his greatest foe might be paternity suits, you know. Like, Damien's gonna be mad. Oh yeah, Damien's gonna be hella mad, man. We broke man. Okay. Who's one? Good deal. Baby daddy. Good deal. So we're gonna move to Green Lantern, uh, and uh, I, there's no segue. I have no. I have no segue from there. Um, Green Lantern number one, obviously people probably saw this coming out. We're like, oh yeah, that's going to be an easy pick for the show. And you're right. Uh, it is. This is a brand new, not brand, completely brand new starting point uh, for Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart, but it is a great 
launching point for those who have not been keeping up with their previous adventures. Uh, this brings Hal Jordan back to Earth. And he's been away a long time at this point. And so the idea that's kind of being played with is, you know, when you're when Earth is your home, but you haven't been there in a very long time, you don't really have like any kind of significant roots established when you come back home what is that home is that did you make the right decision there's a lot of interstellar stuff at play with why he's there earth is now quarantined uh by uh the council and so there's all these things kind of going on above but for this this is really just a story about how coming back and carol's moved on he doesn't really have a house. So like he lives in a, in a friend's trailer. Um, he's, he's got to find a job. Like these are all very kind of grounding relatable things. And uh, I, I think it did wonders for how, cause I mean, everyone knows how is not my favorite lantern uh, Kyle for life. But what I will say is I think this brings out some of the best parts about how some of the best parts about the character, uh, his natural charisma and things and kind of shines a light on like how someone would receive them. And so really the supporting cast will make or break this book moving forward. But I think they did a really good job of establishing what kind of how we're getting. And then there's a backup story that will continue on with John Stewart. And that story kind of brings off the, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on in the previous John Stewart series, but this again, kind of grounds something to what his relationship with his mom, he's trying to also find his center. He's back home. And then you have all this nuts, far, far, like far guardians, cosmic stuff going on uh, on the other side that'll come into play later. So I think it just does a really good job of balancing all of those things. Uh, so I, I dug it. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, I hope we get to see more of the supporting cast develop. Cause I think that will be really important for the, length of this book uh but what did you guys think i thought it was an interesting like as somebody who really got into green lantern in the 90s during like the emerald twilight where they took hal jordan on a on a ride and introduced kyle and did all that and i love that and then got reinvested under jeff johns and green lantern rebirth and all that this is an interesting new starting point it's always funny to see what people got to do after a grant morrison run right Every time there's been like a Grant Morrison run on a character, we're like, we gotta go back to basics. Like <laughs> Grant Morrison way out there into like space cop land and stuff like True Detective. Which was really cool, but yeah, that stuff was nuts. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I've tried to read it because I love their work, and I try to read it wherever I can. But I was just like, oh my god, True Detective in space is getting me. But um, so this was an interesting kind of restart and. I think the thing of making Hal Jordan almost like an alien on earth it is kind of a funny dynamic because he is this guy. He's very much like an all American earth guy, but he has been into this expansive life in space and all these experience experiences and him coming home and trying to adjust in modern earth in, in kind of being, like I said, a fish out of water, like an alien is a funny dynamic to explore. Um, I don't want to spoil things. I was tripped up by one element of this book and it's a big one, which is the whole green lantern of it all. And which is kind of told to you in this weird out of order yeah. sequence. And so therefore I'm kind of a little bit, we talk about number ones and getting you firmly established. I'm not firmly established yet. I don't know the story here. Like what is the deal with green lantern? Is there green lantern? Like what's going on with that is, something this book doesn't firmly answer. And so I was a little thrown by that, but 
like you said, I don't think that was the point. Getting back to the Hal and the John of it all, not the Green Lantern part of it all, was the main focus and point of this book. And they did a good job of making you reconnected, established with these two characters and why we like them. So that mission is done, I think. So it was pretty good, I think, I would say for me. It was like a good BB plus for me. Janelle, what do you think? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with both of you. I I obviously don't know these characters as well, so I do feel like it is really important that I get to know them and especially how like getting to know I I just feel a lot closer to them and I am curious to see where we go from here. I feel like you kind of like explained everything perfectly and it wasn't my standout book. So, um it was just yeah, it was it was it was cool. Like I'm glad I put on some music, I enjoyed reading it, but I am excited to see more of the Green Lantern side of things now that I've kind of become more familiar uh, with both of them. Connor, did you get a chance to read these? I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, this was the only one I managed to get to. I actually haven't touched Green Lantern since early in the Grant Morrison run. So I was just like, well, I know nothing about what's going on. <laughs> and Oh, he's back on Earth. Neat. This uh, John has always been my my go-to lantern respect, because of the respect. animated series so that's he i've never really had a connection to hell jordan i think the first comic i opened he was still a bad guy at the time so yeah 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 it's no, I re- a I re- bit I over my head that. no i get it um and it's you know it's funny that was actually one of the that was like the main thing that brought th- that brought my review down just a bit was the fact that like if you haven't kept up with the last two green lantern series that didn't involve how you there is like stuff that you're like, okay, I don't understand why this is the case. Like the John Stewart series, the two part John Stewart series, and then the green lantern series that like had Joe and everything like that. There's so much that's dealt with there that kind of makes its way into this that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not that. So I agree. And then also the Hal Jordan Morrison run, but there's, but that run is, I almost like look at that as just like, it's, it's its own thing. It's Morrison. You, you, you read it by itself and then yeah. never reference we it. We got again. a volcano lantern. That's all I care. Vocal. Um, so uh, moving to Extreme Venomverse, number one. Now, I <laughs> I put this on here because obviously they're going to be launching a lot of Venomverse stuff well, coming up. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we had the Spider-Verse. They've, they've toyed with the Venomverse stuff before, and now they're going to kind of move into a full style event so this is kind of setting the stage for that and and this does what you probably assume from the cover and description this does what you think it does it introduces a couple different versions of venom in alternate worlds and alternate origins and things like that uh the first one i think that there's like three stories in this and the first story i think resonated probably the most with me um just because it's a very simple premise it takes the whole you know idea of when peter you know, was able to separate himself from the symbiote in the original story. And obviously we all know things from there. Like he gets to go back to being Spider-Man and Eddie Brock becomes Venom. But here, Peter, and we're going to get into spoilers, obviously uh, here, Peter dies in that story. And so then because of the things that the symbiote has learned from Peter, it's, he's got this consciousness now and he's, he's understanding things. And so they still, he still bonds with Eddie. So that part surprised me because we're like, Oh, they didn't change that much. But as you go out through the story, I appreciated what it was kind of the things it was layering on. And honestly, I kind of just wanted to follow that character more throughout the rest and see what other things they could change and tweak. But then we get to other kind of small stories um this is going to be pro- not to pro- interrupt you but the subtle hint like the first one was the one where i was like oh i see what we're doing here like 
we're right. playing with these variants that have these qualities that our venom doesn't have and it's like, right oh. and so i but i i just thought like the second one and the third one do some interesting things too. I, I think it's just like a lot of these, it's going to be hit and miss. You're going to, you're going to gravitate to some and some you, you aren't. And so until we get to the full story where like these characters are probably going to be all brought together <laughs> and things like that, it's going to be hard to kind of assess because it's going to be very subjective. So, I mean, what did you guys think of this? I think that um, for me, it was held together by the Anne character who we met in. What was that? What was that thing that before King and black? Oh, um, I, I, Story uh, it was the future storyline. I can't remember yeah. the name of it. Yes, I know what you're talking about. And but it was like a Venom. It was an alternate universe where Eddie Brock had died and like Dylan had become the king in black and Anne was Agent Venom. And it was like a very different version of the Marvel heroes who were rebels and they were living underground. That's an and awesome story. That yeah. version of Anne, Agent Venom, I really liked. So I hope we get her as a focal point. And this because whenever she showed up, it got more interesting for me. But um, I like the first story. Uh, second story is a little crazy. The third story, I like the character. Not necessarily the story was a little overwrought, but I liked the character, the kid. And I liked Venom with more of like a samurai bend to it. So the concept overall, like you said, is interesting. It's, it's Spider-Verse for Venoms, which yeah. on paper could be very fun. So I'm, I'm invested in getting to the larger thing. Janelle? Yeah, I, I was a little confused. Okay. <laughs> I was, that's, that's perfectly I, fine. I, I found it like thrilling because a lot of the stories were very exciting and there was a lot of action. And I love the symbiote thing because it's just super interesting to me. But yeah, I was a little confused. I was a little confused. And um, I would say it is also not my standout book this week, but we're getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect segue you know so uh we got to Captain marvel number 49 and uh i i i remember talking to you like right after i read this i like, sent you a message I was like oh my god so you gotta you gotta to read this so uh i will i will go on in a minute what did you think me oh yeah. god um uh emotional stunning to look at um, ju familiarity is that the, am I saying this word right uh, with like so many characters now that I thought I didn't really know very well but because of reading this I got to know them like it was just uh, gorgeous and just this was the book like this is the book this week it is so awesome <laughs> you have sold me on Captain Marvel oh, man. amazing music music to the ears man yeah. Uh, yeah I look I'm very sad 50 is coming the, the series will end. And then, of course, there's a new series relaunching with a different mm -hmm. creative team. But I have sincerely enjoyed this. And what I have loved about it is that it does such a good job of pulling all these threads that we that we talk about with Carol for so long. Um, you know, identity, Rogue having such a big part in kind of throwing Carol off base so many years ago and, and like the repairing of their relationship over the course of this series and coming to this point where like Rogue is really the person that brings her back and can be the person that takes some of the weight off like that, that whole sequence with her and them just talking when all this Epic stuff is going on, but like the entire X, by the way, uh, the X-Men rule in this, in this book, if you haven't read, like if you're an X-Men fan and you haven't read this last brood crossover, it's the X-Men are just awesome. Like everything you love about them is is encapsulated in this book and like when cyclops comes and like the reinforcements come there's such a great there's so many great moments of cyclops going okay well this looks bad <laughs> he comes in with the team and like he just assesses everything it's great um so i yeah i i'm very interested this actually felt like a finale 
Like this very much felt like a finale. So I'm very curious as to what 50 will be if this is what the penultimate issue was. But uh, yeah, I love this. I mean, and, pilot, uh, like the, the planet, like they're like, she's right. Binary is coming back. Like, she better come back. Oh my God. I'm no going to lose it if she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that's Captain Marvel number 49. That's, uh, that's comics this week. And that is our show for this week. Thank you guys for jumping in with us to Comic Book Nation. We are the only show that does it all for geek culture. And we uh, we went all over the place today, so we definitely earned our check. So uh, thank you, everybody. For, and uh, thank you to the team for dropping your summer TV and movie picks. That was a great discussion. If you missed it, please go back and listen to that. There's some fun things coming your su- this summer, and some of them you might not even expect. So go back and check out that discussion. If you're just now getting into the show, you can always follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Nation. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page, at the uh, YouTube at Comic Book Nation or at Comic Book Nation, because we put up awesome bonus content exclusively there. Uh, We have tons of interviews, trailers, exclusive clips, all kinds of fun spinouts from our big discussions here. So be sure to subscribe to that. We're almost at 9,000. We need everybody's help. Get us to 9K by the end of this month. That'd be amazing. Calling on you guys. (laughs) (laughs) You can also follow us individually on Twitter. As you can see, if you're watching, I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Janelle Wheeler. I am at Matt Aguilar CB. And I'm Connor Casey at CB. No way. And this, as I said, was the calm before the storm, people. After this, the summer movie season is really kicking in. We got like Little Mermaid, Fast X, a whole bunch of stuff coming. Oh, we didn't even know this whole discussion and none of us picked our most anticipated like comic book movie of the year. One of them, the flash is also oh, wow. someone movie. mentioned that someone mentioned that in the comments at one point of like no flash. And I was like, Oh no yeah. No, wow. wow. So this is- show has been for nothing. We screwed up. Thank you for tuning in <laughs> and comic book nation. And we will try again next week. Peace. Thanks everybody. Later.